This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek. As always, I'm with my partner, Liberation. Today, we are where, Steve? We are on Manhattan Island in New York City. We're live. We're looking directly at Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Uh, we're straight at it. There you go. And, uh, inside an Airbnb. Okay, so there, there we go. <laughs> uh, we're we're doing some planning sessions, and it's much easier yes. for you to meet. Absolutely. Uh, from instead of flying from yeah. to Oklahoma or Atlanta or other places. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a little easier to get to New York, right? Yeah. So my geography is obviously not as good as yours because you initially said let's meet in the middle. And I came to New York, which is an eight-hour flight, and you came from Oklahoma, which is... Eight hours. Yeah, that's where I've been going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have a connect. Although I th- <laughs> yeah, I guess. Although I think you have an excuse on the grounds if we met in the middle, it might be rather wet. Well, I was hoping, like, Bermuda. It was really more in the middle, and then we found out you had to go to New York first. Yeah, yeah. Iceland would be kind of cool. Yeah. How far is Iceland from New York? Uh, it's quite a way. Uh, we can meet in Iceland anywhere. next time, because that's about halfway. Yeah. In your language, <laughs> <laughs> everything everything revolves around America. I know Absolutely. that. I know that. It's like yeah. we I'm are in we are in the that. we are in the epicenter of uh, the financial world, aren't we? Really? Well, would the Brits say that is London? <laughs> well, I mean, we're the we're the center of the cultural world as well as other things. But on the whole, I think probably New York is still the financial capital of the world, isn't it? Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. We had this dialogue, all those listening, we had fun talks. We were walking through the Flatiron Building by that uh, in, in Central Park yesterday and having these conversations about the future of our work, of Giant and Giant TV, all the things we're doing, uh, but also just kind of the content and, and things like that. But we were talking about London versus New York. Yeah. And uh, let's have a quick London versus New York conversation. Okay. I'm not from New York. I'm an American, so yeah. let's, and I love those cities. Okay. But let's give your perspective. Let's have the British perspective of London, and and why which one is is better in certain areas. Well, we asked said where would we choose to live, and I said London would win every time for me because in some ways, um, the time zone we have the Greenwich Meridian, which means we're at the centre of the world. We managed to do that when we were the imperial power, and you can actually talk to everyone from our place. I would just say that that in some ways New York has has a lot of things. I love being here, but it would wear me out. There's just, you know, it's the, the people everywhere, there's buildings everywhere. London, you see, as opposed to you lot that spread out your federal dollars, you know, even North Dakota has a missile shield, I think. Everything is in London. So London's bigger, there are bigger parks, it's the it's the center of government, it's the center of commerce, it's the center of finance, art, culture, monarchy, law. In theory, everything is in London. Right. So it'd be like putting Washington, D.C. and New York together yes. to, to create London. And the culture bit, you obviously don't have anywhere, so that would be a difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> Having lived there, I actually prefer London from a space and place. Yes. It's yeah. spread out. Yeah. Uh, I think the undergrounds are better in London. Well, they're easier for you to manage because they all they actually stop at the same stations, which New York it's doesn't. Just, it's a little bit uh, it's a slower pace yes. in London yeah. than it is New York. New York yeah. is just crazy. Yeah. I love visiting New York. Don't oh, get me wrong. Absolutely. I'm inspired walking up Fifth Avenue and the amount of you know. Now you become a coffee snob. Oh, I don't absolutely. know. Don't know anyone realizes this that you never used to drink it, but now. Jeremy won't go in anywhere ordinary where I can get my hot chocolate like yeah, Starbucks or Acosta. Yeah, we did go to a neat place. Oh, like, yeah. Where did we go yesterday? Italy is the name of it. It was just a really cool little <laughs> So that was fun. Yeah. And, uh, 
No, but the the concept is um, how do you actually, you know, how do you live in a place like London, London or New York? Yeah, I think London is more accessible. To well, I think I think we concluded that basically to live in a big city, you either have to be rich or young or ideally both. <laughs> it, it, you can cope with one of those. You can be rich and old, or you can be young and poor. But to be uh, old and poor in a city of this size is really not helpful. No. So, and most people, of course, like in London. I say I live in London. I live 20 miles out in the green, leafy suburbs where the air is clear, yeah. and we can, you know, enjoy it. You, and you can train it. There you go. So it's just you best of both worlds. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Very similar to Oklahoma, really. Yeah, training. You know, close your eyes. Way. Close your eyes. It could be anywhere. <laughs> Um, okay, friends, we've been talking about this this topic of your superpower. What is your superpower? Yeah. We've gone over the connector. We've gone over the pioneer. Today, we're going to get into the creative. And yeah. So, uh, want, for all those listening, give it just an update, overview of the creative, okay. and then the objective of what the superpower is. So, walk us through that, Steve. So, I think the, the idea of trying to understand how do you create an environment where everyone in the team brings their superpower to the table, that's... But you have to understand what they are in order for the team and the individuals to be able to actually release that in others. And obviously, we've done the best too. So, you know, it's kind of a little bit downhill now. We're moving on to creating. But the creative superpower is the ability to see the future and to think outside the box in ways that no one else does. So that if you really sort of break down what does the creative do at their best, they see possibilities they are always scouring the future, looking for trends in ideas, in concepts, in you know products or technologies or ideas. What is it that's coming from the future that's going to impact our present? And the ability of the creative to be able to see opportunities and threats ahead of everyone else is an incredibly valuable superpower for a team. But the problem is, as we know with the creatives, what they say first isn't usually what they mean. And without help, they very rarely are truly heard, valued, and appreciated. So that conceptual architect, they, they will look at a problem that everyone else is looking at relatively the same way, in a way that you look at them and go like, that's a really good point, but I had no idea anyone was going to come at it from that direction. So the creative is always the one that's always a little bit odd compared to everyone else. Not odd as in weird, but actually, they're almost as if they engage with the world differently to everyone else. Yeah, because the, the blueprint is in their head. Yes. The architectural drawings, yeah. what they're doing is they're collecting things. Yeah. They're collecting conversations and yeah. ideas and concepts, but no one knows they're collecting those things. <laughs> yeah. So it's going into this blueprint, and yeah. they've got these little pieces, and they're like, check, got it, check. So as they, as they build it out, and then if someone comes and messes with their blueprint mm. or messes with something that could affect that blueprint, then that's when you get the kryptonite. Mm. You get the sniper for the creative thinker. You get mm. the Hulk sometimes with a creative feeler in a little different way. Um, and so the, the the different combination of the creative feeler and thinker. So walk us through those yeah. two. So just remind everyone. So so you've got real two choices. You've got the creative connector and the creative pioneer in voice language. So the creative pioneer is the strategic, analytical, research development scientist who is unbelievably clever and really has the least need of relational interaction with other human beings so you're incredibly fortunate if you get to know a creative pioneer because you've come through their competency filters so their ability to be i mean conceptual abstract strategic problem solvers is 
almost unparalleled. So, you know, Albert Einstein would be a great example. How do you walk past a clock and come up with a theory of relativity? I mean, I've read the book, The Water Rises in the Pit, and I still don't understand it. So how do you see things which do not exist and find a way to keep testing the hypothesis to get there? So that creative pioneer is a, just a brilliant brain. If the, you can get them to actually focus their mental intellectual energy on solving a complex problem or doing research for you and the team, they are brilliant at it. But they won't do it just because you tell them to. They will only do it because if they believe it's something that they actually would like to do. So we've got the creative pioneer. Yes. We'll get to that here in a second. Yes. The other one is? The creative connector. So the creative connector is obviously more relational, still idealistic in their visions of the future, but usually what they're wanting to do is to go, how do we shape the future to make the world a better place for the people who live in it? What are the causes? What are the things which are going to change the way our world functions? So climate change at the moment, you know, I was at a conference recently with a, one of our clients called Anthesis. I reckon I met a lot of creative connectors who've been telling me they've been saying this to the world for 40 years but the world is only now beginning to hear what it was the creative was saying. But for the creative connector, it's never usually about them. It's never about their, their intellect being the thing that everyone needs to be in awe of. It's how do I use the ability to see the future and to connect that future to the people for whom it's gonna make the biggest difference. And it's usually not just on the micro, they're on the macro level as well. How do we actually make the world a better place? How do we make it more just? How do we make it more equitable? How do we actually deal with poverty? How do we deal with world hunger? How do we deal with climate and all those things? So brilliant brains of seeing the future, but targeted when they're super and a slightly different focus. So that, that's why it's so important for you to understand the differences between a creative pioneer and a creative yes. connector. Yes. You're creative, that doesn't, that's part <laughs> of it. Yes. Right? It's part of it. You can see the future, you yes. see pain, gain. Yeah. But the, the nuances of each voice, that's why yes. it's important to know what the second, in some cases, third voices yeah. are as they kind of uh, yeah. really encapsulate a person. So as we look at the superpower, think about every single person on your team. Most, If you think about people as a liability, you're constantly seeing it from a negative lens. But if you're seeing people as an asset to go, what is the superpower that every person brings? I don't think this is, we don't see it often where teams really, really value the voices to the level they could. Yeah. So they're not getting the most out of their teams. So yep. it's almost like you have the same amount of time every day. Why not maximize the mm. superpowers that you have? Yeah. So that means that you have to establish communication and relationships. So it has to be relational trust, mm. especially with the creative. Yeah. You have to establish trust because they have to know that you're for them mm. and they have to know that there's space for them to be a creative. Yeah. If not, they oftentimes won't bring their superpower yeah. at all in your space. They might bring it in yeah. a completely different uh, yeah. they, they, they also have to trust your integrity of what you will do with their creativity. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, both the creative pioneer and the creative connector are hugely committed to being people of integrity. What I say matches what I am, matches what I do, and they will hold you as a leader or you as an organization the same thing. Is They'll notice when you... There's a difference between we're saying we're this, but our employees experience this, our clients experience this, our shareholders experience this. The creative is like this kind of plumb line almost. They, they hold people to the integrity of what they say. So if they don't trust you, if they don't believe you're a person of integrity, the creative will not bring all of their creativity 
to the table to use for others. Um, which is, I, I think, another really interesting one about going, but the moment a creative finds somebody as a leader and a team that goes, we value your superpower. We're going to do everything we can to create the environment where you get to use that. So duty of care with voices. So the pioneers and connectors, they'll always find a way to be heard. All the other three voices are really dependent on the leader and the dominant voices understanding what it is they bring. So what happens is people... People assume that, well, what I'd want done for me, others want done. And they get it wrong about 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a creative pioneer, don't try and micromanage them. They hate it. It's basically saying, I don't trust you. The best thing you can do for a creative pioneer is to go, here is a problem that no one else can solve. And if we made a breakthrough here, it would make a huge difference to our organization. What resources do you need? What do you need from me? I'm 100% in your corner, make a breakthrough so we all win, and check in whenever you need me to. Well, if you happen to be a guardian, that is more counterintuitive. Why would you ever want to give that level of freedom, autonomy, independence, back resources without any guarantee of an outcome? But that's the difference of going, how do you create an environment where the superpower can actually come to fruition? So creative pioneers are incredibly valuable but they really have to be managed and created with an environment which is counterintuitive to the way that most leaders will, in many ways, manage and control outcomes with plans and scrums and and, and all those sorts of things. So they're actually more free radicals, and they work in bursts of creativity. So you've got to be good with the fact there may be a whole week where the, uh, the creative pioneer does nothing. doesn't mean they've done nothing. It means everything's happening in their head. They're working to solve something which no one else can solve. But on the outside, it looks like they're being a lazy git playing video games. <laughs> git uh, for the Americans. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> I love the term. So, somebody you'd be disappointed with as a leader who, does, <laughs> who doesn't appear to be doing everything you would ask them to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think we both agree that the, that, that person, the creative pioneer, is one of the most difficult to read. Oh yeah, it's it's just almost impossible to read <laughs> to know what they're thinking, like you said, and so it can be infuriating at times. Yeah. So uh, because they're often misunderstood, and creatives in, as a whole are misunderstood, but especially creative pioneers. Yeah. In that, because of the way that their mind is working, and then if they're if they're working at higher levels, if they are the CEO or if they're running the business, yes, it can be really hard to follow. Oh gosh. Because it's not clear where we're going, but you know that they know, they have a confidence that they're going somewhere, and they have the authority and the title, but it's sure hard to follow them. Communication is always a challenge, because the world is so real in their head. Why have you not understood what I'm thinking? Mm -hmm. So over-communication, and of course, you know, the other one is encouragement. The creative pioneer is never perfect. And they hold themselves to impossibly high standards, so why would they ever celebrate? (laughs) And you'll often find that basically the culture they live in is going, they like understated excellence. Mm -hmm. So they want you to be outstanding at what you do, but never to seek any actually overt recognition or credit for it. Which, as you can imagine, for a connector and a pioneer, is like, why would we ever do that? (laughs) I've achieved something, I want a reward, and I want public affirmation. And for the creative pioneer, that's often, no, 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 that's not what we do. And of course... People coming into a culture like that often struggle to go like, 
how does anyone know how to play here? Yeah, we've seen a lot of turnover in a lot of different places and <laughs> yeah. different organizations. But we're meant to be doing their super pads, celebrate them. So. so let's talk about a super, let's talk about uh, who do we know, not their name, but let's use an example of a creative pioneer at their best. Yeah. The organization or their team looks like what? Um, it's. I would say that they're usually in the future orientated spaces of technology ideas they're not usually systematic maintenance kind of people they're usually on the frontiers of technology ideation thinking and at their best what they usually do is they usually gather an incredibly competent group of people who are not emotionally needy and actually they gather people who are as brilliant as they are and if they're disciplined enough and understand this is why I think Giant's been so helpful to many of them if they begin to understand how they can actually release the superpowers of the other people in the organization and not end up with almost like a, a leadership team that looks and sounds like them. You'd be amazed how many creative pioneers end up surrounded by other creative pioneers. So the cerebral brain power is off the charts and their ability to achieve things in a business environment is incredible. But it's often, you know, they have to learn how to communicate. They have to learn how to celebrate difference and diversity. And they have to learn as a leader to flex their style to create an environment where some of the other more extrovert voices or more relational voices feel, feel being the operative word, that actually they're part of a team, not simply some, you know, sort of culture where actually human interaction is frowned upon. No, it's so fascinating. Uh, you know, you, I think about that as we're looking at this at the city in, in New York. The, the bigger the city, the more future-oriented yeah. there are. So, because there's more people yeah. that are around talking about the future. Yeah. So that's why you have New York as a hotbed, some yeah. parts of San Francisco mm -hmm. or LA or London. Yep. So then there's also, it attracts talents like a beehive. Yes. It attracts talent of people who want to go places, do bigger things. Yes. So oftentimes they'll, you know, congregate in technology space or certain mm -hmm. things that are future oriented. Or financial markets where they get to play intellectual chess and win every day. Yeah. So, so to go superpower happens there. Yeah. When you're in a small town, yeah, as a creative pioneer in a traditional guardian culture yep. or other, it can be really hard, and so you have to work really, really hard to bring your superpower and let mm -hmm. it play. So that that's why it's important for any leaders mm -hmm. of creative pioneers, yeah, to allow them the space and help educate yeah. them and help use the language and the common language, yeah, to pull and draw the best out of them, yeah. yeah. You have to help them because left on their own devices, they cannot help themselves. They will undermine their influence, you know, their sniper rifle. They'll say the wrong thing at the wrong time, at the wrong place, to the wrong people. So you have a duty of care to create a context where that voice combination can bring its best. They're very rare. And they usually have a very high filter on who they're prepared to be led by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which can yeah can create some cynical yeah and they they don't hide their sense of you know my, my Megan is a creative pioneer and you know the teacher is either competent and worthy to teach her or wasting her time and she doesn't really know how to deal with it after that. <laughs> so let's get into the creative connector then. Yeah, Talk okay. about the, the superpower of the creative connector. So in, in the same way, they value and appreciate the future, mm. but it's a little bit different, right? And so walk, walk through um, that yeah. superpower a little bit more. 
Yes, I mean, the, the, the ability to shape the future for people, for causes and ideals that they can give their life for. So this, this kind of, this whole life integration is a really important part for the Creative Connector. It's like, how do I do something that I believe in at the core of who I am with a group of people that I feel deeply relationally committed and called? And how can we actually make a difference for good in our world and do it with people that I care about. So the, con the connector, remember, is a collaborative leader. So the creative connector says, how do we shape the future? But how do I do that with a, a small band of depth committed relationships, full of integrity, full of a vision and a cause, which I believe I can champion because I believe in it at a core part of who I am. So leading a, a, a nonprofit or a campaign Absolutely. that's helping the city, that's helping the community, that's helping a group of people, yeah. gathering people around it, rallying them. But more inside. depth than breadth. Yep. So in some ways the connector creative usually wants to change the whole city. Yep. The creative connector usually said, what's the idea? What's the cause? And how do I go deep? with a small number of people believing that actually if they can really get what we're doing, then they will almost become like a virus which multiplies. I, the term we've never used, I'm making this up, but ideal idealism. Yeah. It's almost like the idea that they love, there's, there's the, the, just this, this purity mm. of how it is. This is, we should really work on pets. <laughs> pet rights in or whatever the issue is right yes. yeah then there's an idealism to that and yeah. then there's a relational connection with people yeah. who are all focused on that same ideal yeah if someone is detracted by that if someone starts fighting and pushing that's where we get into their kryptonite yeah. which is the hulk yeah. uh, from that side of things because it's infringed on values that would keep people from those ideals yes but at the core, the superpower is actually getting people really excited with a pure yeah. vision for that change they want to see. Yeah, I'm saying. And I mean, they're they're amazing people. Oh, um, unbelievably! I mean, you think we 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 gather a disproportionate number of the creative connectors um, compared to the population because, in some senses, giant's mission and vision to change the world through changing leaders and equipping them to be able to change the culture in which they live is so much an integral part of who they are. And most of them love it because, you know, most creatives um, are not naturally structure people. But we often say that the absence of structure is not freedom. It's usually disappointment, mm -hmm. chaos, and really not fulfilling your potential. So in a strange way, Giant, with its tools and vocabulary and language, has often created a, not just a, a tribe to belong to of other idealists that want to change the world, but they also created a framework within which what they would want to share with the world has now become possible because they can use tools. So the creative always has to be very structured in their external communication because when they're not, people just don't get them. They are not naturally that way, but when they do bring that discipline, when they really do have a team that understands and celebrates them, it's almost like a virtuous cycle. The more you affirm the gift of the creative connector, the more you create space and the environment for them to flourish, their confidence grows. You can squash them and they feel marginalized, not included, but when you create the environment where they really feel like they should be right now. Gosh, I mean, we're moving into a world that no one's ever been to before. I mean, there's no, there's no maps to say this is how you navigate the next 50 years of the digital world. 
So the creatives are really the people that if you're leading an organization or of any shape, size or sector, leveraging the creatives to use their superpower to help you plan for the future, which isn't here yet, they will love you for that, by the way. You know, just go, guys, I want you to go out and tell me, you know, what's coming, what do we need to be aware of, where are the dangers, where's the opportunities, you know, use that superpower that you have on both an opportunity and threat. That's, I think, where they function, whether they're the leaders or whether they're in the team, that's the place I think we use the most, or I see their gift being most useful. So if you're leading people, uh, your responsibility is to maximize superpowers, to help people, yeah. get them to the place where they have the, the freedom to, again, use their that superpower for the greater good. Uh, that means that you've got to work hard on communication, it's establishing the intent. Are you for them, especially mm. for the creatives? Mm. So it's really, really important to get to know them, spend time with them, validate, um, you help, help pull, clarify <laughs> all those things. The creative them. connector wants to do relationship with you before they do task. That's right. They want to go, are we connected in relational depth and alignment of our values before we do anything? The creative pioneer has absolutely no interest in forming any depth, close relationships until we're absolutely certain that we're actually going to do something together and you're competent enough to work with. So it's, it's, it's so important, as you can see, <laughs> to, to know yes. people. Yes. And, and that's what we build Giant TV for. Yes. If you haven't experienced Giant TV, you need to. Yep. Giant.tv, www.giant.tv. Real simple. But what you want is we've actually created a system where people can actually take the five voices assessment and you start working with them. Uh, you could train them to become, you could get your leaders who lead people to become Sherpas and get these Sherpa training. You could have people inside your organization, it could be you to become a guide where you start mastering the five voices, you start mastering 100 Ox Leader and Sherpa coaching. There's a number of things that, that are there, but then getting your, your uh, teammates and your employees on this uh, giant TV using the same language and using it in a consistent form, mm. that's how you start seeing change. So yeah. to know, if giving the, the people the opportunity, you're, those that you lead, to know themselves, mm. then giving them the resources. So for instance, if they're a creative pioneer, they can watch these videos themselves. Mm. They can start binge watching on themselves yeah. and they start growing. That's the benefit of yes. giant TV and the hard access. Yeah, and I think as well that the one thing we are certain about in the new world, that team has become the primary, the most significant unit of performance in a business, not individuals. So therefore, people are having to learn, how do I create environments where all the people on my team bring their superpowers so that we can perform at a different level? So all of the stuff we're talking about with you is hugely applied. It's Yes, it's fun to learn or whatever it is, and it doesn't really matter whether it's at home or whether it's at work. But the ability for you as a leader to be able to understand and know your people, know how to calibrate support and challenge, know how to create the environments where their superpowers can be deployed. Everyone wins. It's a classic win-win. Everyone feels great when they feel they get to bring their best in their work every day. And leaders love it when their teams outperform expectation. So this really is a synergistic, you know, it's worth learning this stuff because what it does is it makes you as a leader, it makes whether you're the member of a team, everyone wins when there is true trust, relational harmony, and the ability to, to be liberators for those you work with every day. 
That's our goal is to equip you to, to learn how to fight for the highest possible good of everyone you lead. When you learn and understand their personality, that's a key step into fighting for their highest possible good. They know that you know them. And uh, if they know that you're for them and you know them, then you can partner and work in so much more effective ways than you did before. As always, we're here for you. We're fighting for your highest possible good. Can't wait to see you until next time. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of The Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.